welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms. Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out. It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way. Hello, everyone. So today we're going to talk about tradition since we're getting into the holiday season. We thought it would be important to talk about that because traditions and rituals are ways in which we can connect with other people, especially our family members on a day-to-day basis, not just during the holiday season, although we'll talk about both today. And establishing traditions and rituals helps us do that. It helps us connect with our families, helps us bring folks together, helps us to express unity as a family unit, and a whole lot of great things come out of rituals and and traditions. So for the two of you, Avery and and Lucy, are there any other things that come to mind when you think about like the positive aspects of traditions or rituals with your family? Well, they're fun and and meaningful, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what I love the most about, especially holiday traditions, is that they also kind of like mark time. And I think as as my daughter's getting older, some of the traditions we did when she was small that she still wants to do just are so uh, even more meaningful, right? It's what like are we, some yeah, of those? Avery? Like decorating like a gingerbread house. That's really meaningful to her. Still dressing up for Halloween. And I think especially with my 12-year-old who wants and acts like she's 27 or 47 <laughs> some of the time. It's nice to see those little glimmers of like some childhood still yeah. and being able to enjoy those kinds of traditions all together, decorating the tree, things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about for you, Lucy? Anything that comes to mind? Well, I think the first thing that came to mind is like traditions and rituals. So traditions feels like a much more familiar concept. So rituals feels a little more foreign. So when I think of rituals, mm-hmm. I sometimes think of like other cultures or oh, like uh-huh. antiquated time periods, not in a bad mm-hmm. way. Cause I think rituals is something I've been thinking a lot about, about how do we, how do I integrate more rituals into my life? Because I think that they're beautiful, but there's something in modern day. I don't think we have quite as many of. And I think when we'll get into this, I think there are probably more that you do that you're maybe you just don't consider Mm -hmm. kind of a a ritual. So I thought we could start with differentiating kind of like what characteristics of rituals and traditions make it different from like a routine. Mm. So you mentioned, Avery, that rituals, traditions, there has to be some meaning or some sort of significance behind it, right? Otherwise, it's just a routine. So for example, when I get up in the morning and I do my hygiene, Mm -hmm. that's not really a tradition. That's a routine. There's not really a great significance or meaning behind it other than I'm just trying to clean myself off, Right. right? So, I mean, could you do it in a way that made it more of a ritual? Sure. Like I'm thinking about when people are really trying to engage maybe in self-care, like a lot of times bedtime wind down routines, you can make them kind of a ritual or tradition. If you decide you want to soak in the tub Mm. and do like a face mask and you have like a real significance or a meaning behind it, like you're really trying to take care of yourself. Sure. I think you Mm. could consider that a ritual. So part Mm -hmm. of this has to do with how we show up for it, like who we are while we're doing it Mm -hmm. rather than what we're doing. Yes. Yes. And kind of like our last podcast, the intentionality behind it. Like Mm -hmm. what is the intention behind the action really seems to kind of distinguish it as a tradition or a ritual. Uh Okay. Yeah. And the second characteristic has to do with kind of the time that we put into it, meaning that traditions are repeated. Yeah. (laughs) So these aren't just one one time occasional kinds of things that we do. If it's an occasional thing, we don't really consider it a ritual or a tradition. The third characteristic has to do with it being coordinated. 
So meaning that you're probably, I mean, you could do it for yourself, but a lot of times when we think about traditions, rituals, we're usually in connection or trying to coordinate things with, with other people. And here comes the definition of where tradition comes from. So it comes from the Latin word meaning tradere. Uh, I don't know if I'm even saying that right, but it literally means to transmit, to hand over, to give for safekeeping. And so there is an aspect of coordination and we're kind of like passing things on nice. to those around us. So that's the, the third. Oh, I love that. Third characteristic. Any thoughts about what differentiates traditions and rituals from routines based I on I love those? that idea of the passing down because I think that's something I mentioned kind of the things that I love about traditions now are those like kind of hearkening back to younger years. I think about when we were new parents, we were really trying to figure out what traditions we wanted to set up for our new little family. And a lot of that was coming from what had been passed down to us, mm-hmm. like the gingerbread house. That's because when I was a little girl, I made gingerbread houses with my grandmother. And so I love this idea of like taking it from a, a past generation and passing it to the next and that that's where meaning really exists. I'd love that. That mm-hmm. really like speaks to me. Well, I think that can cut both ways. Yeah. Right? So I think it's this very lovely piece about, wow, generations before have mm-hmm. done have done this or we've done this years and years before, this sense of repetition and like familiarity. I think the downside of that is sometimes we blindly follow tradition and we do it just because it's what's been done rather than intentionally thinking yeah. about how does this serve me. Right There's now. that intention thing again, mm-hmm. right? That's that's for that's the good stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it sounds like it's it's a, a balancing act between kind of taking what's meaningful to us and right. then passing it on in a meaningful way, or doing it in a mean enacting it in a meaningful way, and making space. It sounds like too maybe for traditions for there to be a little bit of like fluidity. Yeah, can we update the tradition? Right. Can we tweak it? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, Flexibility. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So when we talk about family traditions, family rituals in general, they give us like four sorts of important things. So one of the things with traditions are predictability. So if it's predictable, then it can be kind of a a powerful sort of thing because it's a way to foster a sense of like stability or security. Families usually function very well with stable, secure environments, right? It helps individuals in the family have better emotional health, better self-worth, better self-respect of family members. So it can create a lot of that, that predictability can can help foster positive sorts of emotional states. The second thing has to do with connection. So traditions give us a way to connect to each other on a consistent basis. So again, like you mentioned, Lucy, it provides sort of that sense of fluidity, that continuity, and also too, like a, a feeling of belonging, right? That when we're connecting with one another through tra- traditions, it's like, this is ours. Mm. We, we can connect to this together. And I looked at some of the research just on traditions in general. And basically, by and large, what the research points to is that when families engage in shared activities together, that they're less likely to experience conflict down the road. And so I, I think that it can help with Again, that that connection piece, which I think it helps people actually weather conflict pretty well. Any comments about that, about the the connection and the the predictability piece of traditions? I think that that predictability piece, I like I like that you said that that's a big part of healthy family function. And 
when I think about kind of holiday traditions, there is that like, are we going to do this this year? Mm-hmm. Kind of this is something we've done, and and that I think that helps to figure out like what are the ones that are really meaningful, like the ones that we all have that feeling of, oh, are we going to go look at lights this year? Of oh, that must really be something we that we want to hold on to, and that 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 must have the meaning, right? That that kind of excitement or looking yeah, forward like that to positive anticipation, it, the right? positive mm-hmm. anticipation mm-hmm. versus the to your point, Lucy, like the flip side of like, oh, do we have to do blah 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 this year? <laughs> Right. And it's like, oh, well, you know, no. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that that feeling you get when, as you're looking forward to it or thinking about it, I think can kind of drive which ones to keep. Yeah. Yeah. And a- another thing that traditions, family traditions give us, which is something I hadn't thought about until I was doing some, some research on this is that it gives our families a sense of identity, like unique senses of identity. So it's like who, who belongs to the family? What's special about the family? And it really helps to communicate what your belief systems are as a family. You know, and I think too, it, it conveys sort of like the family's perspectives on what their life experiences are. So for me, for our family, I would describe us as probably like we like activity. We're pretty fun loving. And so things that are important to us, we love travel. We love to take trips, whether that's during the holidays or not during the holidays. We just like to do fun things together, you know, whereas other families, they might describe themselves in in other ways. Like we're a family who likes to hike. We're a family who likes to camp. We're a family who engages in sports, you know, lots of different descriptors that way. But it just sort of displays as a family unit. You know, what are these values? What is it that's important to you? How about for the two of you how would you describe your your family units like what is it the traditions that you engage in what do you think that conveys to the world there are a couple of traditions our family one th- one tradition that we have as just our family unit are is that we go camping usually before thanksgiving and that's something that's kind of surprising because i never really like called myself a camper there was one time that john and wesley went camping and i went and i had a great time and i was like huh who knew i was a camper but now we're like yeah we're campers like mm-hmm. we like to do it very comfortably like we're do not you like, like camping in a tent we do actually like to camp in a tent. Do you tent. like carry your stuff in and out? Or are you like car, car campers? Car campers mm-hmm. and, and we even have like funny little rules. Like I don't like to shower at campsites. So we have to go for a pretty short period of time. Uh-huh. Um, and I like to go cold so we can cuddle. Like, I mean, there's, yeah. but there's certain things that we're like, we right. like to camp within our own little uh-huh. comfort level. But that even that is like that predictability and like yeah. identity of like, oh, we really like this. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we like a family identity right. kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, you know, I'm thinking about kind of your family unit and, you know, I'm I'm wondering for you of some of the traditions that you sort of convey to your kids or the things that y'all engage in or like acts of service and volunteerism mm. and generosity. Like if those are I things know, that like are... I'm laughing so I'm like, my kids don't like to do anything. <laughs> they just want to like stay home and play on their iPads. I'm like, shit. So your <laughs> family likes relaxation and feel good at home. Which is so funny because like... I hate to, re- like, I'm the worst relaxer yeah. ever, which I'm like, oh, something is not aligning here <laughs> with all of this. I'll have to get back to you. I need to do some thought. So maybe um, that'll be, like, one of your intentions then for the holiday season. We're figuring this shit out. We're figuring yeah. this shit out. No, no, we have holiday traditions, so that okay. feels like yeah. So, like, we do gingerbread houses. So that's something, like, I yeah. host at my house and my sister and my brother and their kids uh-huh. all come over, which is really fun. And actually, as, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, bringing in, like, the art of gathering that idea of purpose of, gosh, almost how can I like spice that up a little bit this year? And I'm remembering in the Art of Gathering, remember when she talked about that one party where someone like, the gathering began with the invitation. Like they Mm -hmm. see this invitation or something in the mail or that one where they had to bring, remember like a Christmas ornament with a picture of them? Anyway, I was like, how can I make this a little more? Anyway, the gingerbread house tradition, we do like a Christmas Eve party. When I was younger, 
that was super fun because it would be like friends, not only family, but we'd have friends. And it was like, no, like in high school and college, like everyone would come over for this like big oh, party, so nice. which was such a lovely tradition. Now it's, we've gone back with little kids to just, you know, our family, but these really, really fun traditions. But I've been thinking, how do I bring this meaning and purpose mm. to them? Is there a way to kind of spice them up a little bit mm. or like do a little something that makes it special in a different way? You know, and I think some of the, one of the things while thinking about kind of like your family sense of identity and what traditions do is that sometimes you've got family objects and artifacts, like particularly during the holidays that can be passed down kind of from generation to generation. And that can be incorporated into rituals and, and ceremonies. So for example, the I'm always the one that, that makes the dressing or the stuffing. My grandmother taught me, my mamma taught me how to do that when I was really little. And so that's just something that I've kind of carried on for, for quite a while, her recipe. And I have recipes. And it re- makes you feel connected to her, I bet. I mean, yeah. that connection to yeah. her. And con- yeah. Yeah. So I, I do, I generally do that pretty much every year, as long as we're in town. I think it turns out pretty well. And yeah, it does. It connects me to, to that, to the past with her. Oh, I think I there's that. something about like food and recipes yes. that really tie into this idea of tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's somebody once, he makes a lot of food for our church and somebody was describing this act of service that's a, that this man does. And they said, well, you know, food is love and he has a lot of love. And so all yeah. of the food is on this like big scale, but it, it is a way I think a lot of people express love is it's a way to nurture people and pass down tradition and that kind of family love. I think it is, it is a way that, that we kind of express and there's that component of nostalgia, like for, for sure. like types of foods and tastes of foods yeah. and smells. Do you have those holiday oh. smelling candles? Like there's this yes. one that yes. Anthropology has. I would like it if they sponsored us, by the way, <laughs> um, that I just love. But it just brings back, you're like, ooh, holidays. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Christmas yeah. tree smell, right? Yeah. So lots of things then I think you can sort of incorporate into your family traditions, rituals, particularly around the holidays and and pass that along, you know, with your to your kids or to other friends and family members, whoever. And one of the things that I wanted to highlight, and we kind of mentioned this in the intentional holiday season, was that with traditions, with like the sense of identity for the family, your family identity will definitely shift, I think, over time as kids get older. And so, especially when your kids move from their child phase to their adolescent phase, you know, they may want their roles and their involvement in family traditions and rituals to change which is completely appropriate. And so it's important for you as as parents to acknowledge like, hey, you know, you're not the cute little three and four year old. Maybe mm-hmm. we don't do matching Christmas pajamas anymore as a family. Maybe we decide that we want to do something else. Do you think that that can be hard for some people? Uh. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think people can get really stuck on wanting things to be the way that it's always been, like really tightly holding on to the to the past and being, you know, kind of afraid of what it's going to look like in the future. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's where that conversation can be so helpful, because I will say as a parent. I do. I do like to hold on to things really tightly and I'm really working on trying to like let things go. And as I've had these conversations with my daughter, I'm I'm aware that there's some things I thought we were ready to let go, like the matching Christmas pajamas, for mm-hmm. example, that she is definitely not ready to let go, does not want to. Mm-hmm. And of course, that makes my heart like explode. I'm so happy. But like that's that's a really helpful conversation that it, that I have to really be open that if she says, no, I don't, don't want the matching pajamas anymore. We got to let that go. Mm-hmm. Like I've got to be OK with that. 
Or and I guess you don't have to be okay with it, but <laughs> how do you like allow her that That's space right, yes. and then like show up for yourself in that? I guess it'd be grief and loss, That's right? And tend to yourself in that without making her feel guilty. That's right, because she's doing exactly developmentally like what she should do. Right, and it's sad, and it's yes. sad, and I think that's the thing is that trying to attend to yourself so that you can show up in that conversation as a real conversation versus like a it's okay with you that we continue to wear pajamas that match, right? Like right. you know what I mean, but like really having that openness, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's really important, you know, to allow adolescents in particular, teenagers, that yeah. that space so that you can hear from them with as far as the traditions and rituals. What do they like? Mm. What do they not like? How would they like to contribute? What makes them feel like that they're a part of the family? What do they want to hang on to? And what do they want to incorporate as sort of like these developing individuals, humans? Having mm-hmm. some flexibility. Yeah. 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 And then the last piece, which we kind of have touched on a little bit, is that the rituals and traditions are a way that we can enact our values. So remember, values are things that we believe that we um, hold dear. And family traditions are part of kind of the language of the family. And so we're communicating kind of in a shorthand, symbolic way, our values in a way that other people can can understand. So I know for my family, one of our values is generosity. And so particularly, not just the holidays, but we do lots of things all year long. You know, we do different things like Toys for Tots or do some of the Salvation Army, like Angel Tree sorts of things or give to the school or just do lots of different things all the time. That's important to us. And I think my kids have really taken a hold of that and, and why that's important. Yeah. How about for you all? What are some of the values as a family that you like to communicate? Right. So I think for us, I, I like the generosity as well. So yeah. how do we give, you know, to to charities, to each other, right? Like, so making that focus on giving. Mm-hmm. What's another family? I, Another value, I think it's like togetherness and connection probably as well. So I think for me, a lot of the holidays feels like that family time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the the coming together from that Mm -hmm. standpoint. Yeah, I think I think the generosity piece and that like thoughtfulness and gift giving, Mm -hmm. like thinking about what someone would enjoy and being able to. I I love to give gifts. That's one of the things I really enjoy doing. And and my daughter Wesley really does enjoy thinking about what somebody would enjoy. And so I think that's one thing that generosity, I think another kind of, I don't know if it's a value, but something that, that we really enjoy planning and doing things that are just fun. I mean, just yeah. fun for fun's yeah. sake. Right. And I think I can get really business, like not, not being a very good relaxer, like not being able to do things just for enjoyment's sake. And I think that's something that our family really does a nice job of kind of trying to incorporate that and, and really make sure that we're intentionally finding things that are enjoyable and are just fun. Yeah. No, I would say that's a value. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So if we now shift a little bit and talk about types of family rituals or types of, of family tradition, a couple and family psychologist, William Doherty talks about three types of family rituals based on their function or what what it is that they're serving, what kind of, of needs that they're serving for the family. So one would be connection rituals. So these offer everyday opportunities for bonding, things like family meals, morning or bedtime routines, how people come and go from work and school. They can involve like things like small family outings, like going to Target, going to get some ice cream, you know, whatever, or it could be like much bigger things like vacations. So the goal of, you know, the connection ritual really is to create this sense of of family bonding. So if you think about 
that particular type of ritual? What are things that you all have? Wait, can we hear about the other two types first? Okay. So that, okay. So the goal of the, the connection ritual then is to create the sense of family bonding. The second type is what's called a love ritual. So this is more focusing on one-to-one intimacy. So making individual family members feel special. Okay. So we can subdivide them in, in a couple of different ways. So one is a, like the couple's rituals. So these are things like anniversaries, date nights, Valentine's, sexual relationships with other people, you know, couples sorts of rituals. And then the other is things where you're focused on an individual within the family. So things like Mother's Day, Father's Day, individual birthdays, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things, you know, or even things like having a, you know, a mother-daughter outing or father-daughter, father-son, you know, whatever. Would that be the second one or the third one? That's the The second one. The second one, the love rituals. Yes, yes, the dyad. And then the third are community rituals. Mm. So this is where we're expanding out and they have more of a public dimension. So they include like major family events, like weddings, funerals that link families to their communities, could be like religious activities, like those different sorts of things. With that, the purpose is you're not just connecting within your family, but you're also trying to connect with your community or just a wider sense of social support. So those are the three types, connection, love, and community rituals. Yeah. So do you all have examples of any of those, either through the holidays or just stuff that you like to do on the day-to-day? One ritual our family has or a tradition that we have is, I think I've talked about this before, but every other year, my extended family on my dad's side, we go to Colorado and Mm -hmm. we spend a week in Estes Park and we go to Estes Park. It's the Y camp at Estes Park. And we go there because my grandparents met there and we have gone there since I was five every other year. And that is a, a really big tradition. I mean, we've never missed that and and I don't know if that's community it, it feels community because that's more of like an extended family but that is something that is really and and I think it's in line with our values which is that family is really important mm-hmm. to us and even and those extended family relationships are really important to us and so that that stood out as like one of those not necessarily holiday traditions but like ritual traditions mm-hmm. yeah and I'm thinking, as I was listening to you, thinking that some of these are culturally prescribed, right? Yes. So like Father's Day, Mother's yes. Day, graduation. Mm-hmm. So there are things that are just like you're kind of on autopilot mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. And the distinction between that versus rituals you may create. Like one thing that's happened in the past month per se that I'm loving is my older daughter and I every night will take the puppy on a walk, which has been really, really nice, right? Each night to kind of get outside and go back and forth. And I, I feel bad sometimes Charlotte, the little one, wants to come. And Addison is like, no, like you're not allowed to come. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't want her to feel left out. But I also know that each child needs their own special time as well, right? Mm-hmm. So how do we navigate that? But that's been a nice ritual that we've kind of created. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things too, is that when we have an opportunity, my sister and I will take Grace to brunch and she mm. absolutely loves it. And she remarks on it every time, like when we're at the the end of the day or end of the evening, she said, I love spending time with you and Aunt Hillary, my favorite people. And I'm like, well, thank you. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. So yeah, just the, the day-to-day stuff. And I think another thing that we do to connect similar to you, Avery, is that we take a lot of family trips. And I think one of the things 
with family trips, especially as the kids have gotten older, is that it's really important for them to weigh in on what it is that they want to do, whether it's where we want to go, the activities that we want to do, what's the theme of the the family trip, you know, is it about having a lot of fun? Is it, you know, are we trying to incorporate other things like learning about our environment or is part of it going to be service oriented or, you know, what are what are the things that, that we're going to do? And so I like to get the kids input, not just me running the show, which is how it is most of the time, but I like to get their input on that. Yeah. Any other thoughts about like, as far as types of, of family rituals, anything that's like rituals or traditions that are special for you all, like as we're entering the holiday season, particularly around Halloween, and this will come out after Halloween, but Grace, it is her favorite holiday for the whole year. And so she likes to help drag out the decorations with me and put all of those things out. And as she's gotten older, she's, you know, can be really helpful with, with that. Max likes to help with the outside decor. Cause we usually have several things that we put up for Halloween out there. Christmas, there's usually a fair amount of baking that I do. And the kids like to, to help with that. And as they've gotten older, you know, they're, it's, their motor skills, obviously, as preteens and teens yes. are a lot better. So I can trust them to do things. Whereas when they were little, we could maybe like put a spoonful of something in the bowl, but, but now they can actually help do a bit more. You know, Jamie, mm-hmm. listening to you speak right there, it's interesting. Cause I think of, sometimes I think, I think of traditions as like an event, but mm-hmm. I hear what you're describing right there too, are these like little things that we're doing to maybe mm. prepare for events or set up for the holidays or to get in a certain space or these things that we're doing yeah. together that are much more low key. You know, you don't have to be dressed up, you know, <laughs> right. mm-hmm. different yeah. Yeah. Sense about it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. It's it it doesn't have to cost a ton of money, take a ton mm-hmm. of time. And again, I think it goes back to that intentionality or what's the purpose? Why are we doing this tradition or this family ritual? And I think for most of us, really the one of the big overarching purposes is is connection. Well, that's what strikes me too with the holidays. I think a lot of our traditions are about preparing for the holidays. Yes. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. There's a lot of tradition in the preparation. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. The decorating the Christmas tree or the baking or the shopping. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. The last piece as far as like with traditions and something to think about is that the psychologist Doherty describes three phases with traditions, a, tra- a transition phase, an enactment phase, and then an exit phase. And he said that, you know, if you pay attention to like sort of these stages of your rituals or the traditions, it can help you troubleshoot problems that you might have with some of these events and figure out where to strengthen them. So, for example, the transition phase. So, this is where we are transitioning from just like our everyday matters that we're engaged in into sort of like this ritual space where you're able to connect in a more enhanced way. So for example, if traditionally you eat meals together as a family, you might want to have some sort of tradition where everybody's present, maybe individuals help set the table or deliver the food to the table, put their electronics to the wayside to get ready. You know, I read some examples of where people make it really like up their transition phase, but like lighting candles and like, you know, making it like the special space this is our time together as a family. So that's the transition phase. Then the second has to do with an enactment phase, which is what you're actually doing during that tradition or that ritual itself. So again, if it's a meal, you're eating together. That's what that is. And then the third phase, which is something I think that my family, sometimes we struggle with is the exit phase. 
So this is, what is the manner in which we want to leave that ritual space? So how do we transition back into sort of a less focused family interaction? So we want to end the interaction or the ritual on a positive note. So that way we don't sour the experience. So, you know, if you're having a meal together, you don't want to get onto the kids about what they ate or didn't <laughs> eat, you know, like end it right. on that. Or, you know, your kids just jetting off. Like sometimes my kids scarf down their meal and then want to like jet off and go back to doing what they're, what they're doing. So we're not really ending it yeah. quite as how I would like. Yeah. Any thoughts about that on the different sort of phases of, of traditions? One thing I was thinking that we were talking about too is like how you end a trip and how to like end it in a way that's a nice like like maybe having the day off the next day to be able to kind of have that settling time but kind of acknowledging how do we have that ending be like you said not sour the experience so you know is it we do a nice job of like setting up the decorations and enjoying the decorations but we take them down in a really like fast and furious way could we have like more tradition at the end i think that that's something that i'd like to consider going forward I'm not like a runner at the end of things, right? So like if I'm in like a yoga class, like I might leave like right when it's over or like Uh about a few minutes early. Like I'm a, I don't really like endings. So I think I try to avoid them, (laughs) right? But I will be thoughtful of that with these traditions and how that comes up and impacts the whole experience. I hadn't thought much about that. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I have a niece who used to, when it was time to go, she would hide because she didn't like to say goodbye. And and I'll like slip out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gone. Yeah. I even know it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. I feel like we have more to say. I feel like I've kind of ground, you know, laid the groundwork for just traditions and rituals in general. But maybe, maybe during the hustle and bustle episode, we can talk a little bit more specifically about holiday traditions and yeah. sort of ways to maintain what are important to us, but then also ways that we can adjust and adapt as we need to around lots of different, lots of different areas, if that's okay with you all. I'd love yeah. that. I think yeah. that'd be great. Awesome. Well, I don't think we really gave any tips, tricks, so just stay tuned <laughs> for for the next one on traditions. Just mull this over, you know, about how you might want to sort of incorporate some of these ideas into your lives. And next time, join us as we're talking about mental health and the holidays. We'll oh, yes, forward. we'll be talking about mental health and the holidays. So <laughs> yeah, we look forward to seeing you then. All Take right. care. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Inspiration from the Couch.